Well, listeners, it's time for this. Hello and welcome. It's On and Off the Pitch, and I'm Rodney Cyrus. We're talking women's Super League review. It's Manchester United women and Bristol City women. I'm joined by the founder of the Bristol City Women's Supporters Club, Richard Pache. How are you, Richard? I'm very well, Rodney. Um, great to speak to you. And it's great to speak to you. And obviously, if the result had gone a particular way, one of us would have been happier. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably right about that. Yes. Let's just let's just say that. I mean, I wasn't at the game. I watched the game on the player. You were there. Um, you know, as a visiting fan, uh, let's get into that first. What was it like for you going to the LSV as a visiting fan? Yeah, I was quite impressed. Um, I enjoyed, we, we started off, we went to the Legends Cafe um, for about for an hour or so. And um, I quite liked the ambience and the and the whole atmosphere in there. And, um, you know, with the, we got the merchandise, merchandise stall in there and uh, met, met a few of um, your fans. And um, yeah, that was really good. And then, of course, inside the stadium. Yeah, really nice, nice, tidy stadium. And um, I think there was a couple of thousand in there. And yeah. Um, yeah, I was quite. I was really impressed with the setup down there. Yeah, that's really good. I'm glad you were pleased with the setup and and you were warmly received by the uh, Barmy Army members because they know who you are. Yeah, yeah, we've um, we've had a bit of banter on uh, uh, Twitter and uh, and what have you. And um, my my son has probably read. Um, my son's a Manchester United fan as well, so um, he oh, he watched the game with them. So right. That okay. Was, uh, that was that was very nice. I'm sure he was very, very happy at the time, but not necessarily happy going home. No, he was. Uh, he was not happy at all. To be fair, um, yeah. Let's just say. Let's just say that. So you know, let's get into the game. What What were your hopes going into this game before it even kicked off as a Bristol City fan, knowing where the team is right now in the league? Yeah, I think we were we we had a really bad uh, 2019, and um, to the start to the start of the season we'd we picked up three draws and that was it. I mean we and of course everyone knows about the the hammerings um, against yeah. um, particularly Arsenal the eleven one. So yeah. I think yeah we are we were pretty low on confidence as, as supporters and the the team had shown glimpses um, of promise, especially at Reading away. But um, yeah, it was it has been a really tough start to the season. So I was I was I was to be fair, I was I was being a bit overconfident by wanting a draw, mm. but um, yeah. I would have said that the team would have gone there expecting nothing less than a draw, nothing less. They would have hoped for that, but you, you literally, um, let's just say, I wouldn't say you snuck in and you grabbed three points, but you, you, you definitely ran away with the silverware uh, when everyone oh, else oh. in the stadium probably expected to follow the same line as um. Arsenal get that kind of scoreline and start. I mean, I know as a Manchester United fan, that was the belief, um, but it was always the threat. And I did kind of do a preview that Ebony Salmon returning to her old club uh, would probably want to show her old manager and a new manager what she's capable of. And she did that um, in the 33rd, 34th minute. So, you know, it's uh, um, as much as you've had, or say Bristol have had a very difficult 2019, um, they've started 2020 very, very well. 
Yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, um, I mean, I, thought, I spoke to Natalie in the preview thing, and she she was yeah. she was hoping to score maybe five goals against us. So um, I think the, I think you were pretty confident. <laughs> you were pretty confident going into the game. That's a bold statement. If I ever we're going to score five. Yeah, yeah, but um, but to, but to be fair, yeah, it was. I think we had a lot of luck in that game. I mean, there were ball. I mean, we were getting a, bodies were. You know, you hit the crossbar a couple of times. We thought one had got. I mean, where we were sat, we thought it had yeah. gone in. I mean, you hit the yeah. side net in the crossbar. I mean, bodies were getting in the way of shots. So we did have, we did have a fair bit of luck, to be fair. And I mean, I'm looking at the statistics right now, and it says that the Manchester United had 26 shots in total. Um, Bristol had two. Uh, you had one on target. So that's fifty percent of your ratio. You, you secured, and 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 the stats are really deceiving because when you watch the game, you would say that things are on target where the keeper has to save, and it said that the Manchester United didn't have any on target. So the the, the stats that are on, are, are up on the um, Women's Super League website in terms of the match stats, they're not necessarily accurate because Manchester United had a fair few chances that the keeper had to save, and was you know hit the crossbar, hit the post. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sophie Bagley made yeah. the, made some brilliant saves in the second half. I mean, she, I mean, she, we 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 started a um a player of the game, um, we call it a vixen of the game because even though we're now the Robins, we still um we, we still, a lot of our us fans we still refer to the team as the Vixens. So yeah, yeah. we um so we gave Sophie Bagley unanimously got the um player of the, the player of the match for us. I mean, she, I mean, yeah, she made some outstanding saves in that in that second half. Yeah, she was, uh, for me, I, I thought she was amazing in the game. She blocked everything. It's almost like she was either keeping a charmed goal or she was a charmed goalkeeper. She was blessed in terms of, 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 of that performance because it didn't look like anything was going to go past her. And when it did, it just hit the post or hit the crossbar or went over, uh, especially the chance from Lisiana, which, you know, from everyone who was watching, in the ground and definitely those watching on the FA player, you, you have to scratch your head and think, how did that not go in? Yeah, absolutely. That was, um, yeah, that one, I think that was the one that I was just mentioning just now. Yeah, I mean, we, we honestly thought that had gone in. I think there was another one just before that that had, um, that had gone, that, that we thought was, um, you were going to take the lead. But, um, but to be fair, she, she had a brilliant season last uh -huh. season. So, um, she has struggled this season, but as the team has. But um, yeah. but she, but we know what she can do. I mean, she she got two WSL Player of the Seasons last year. I think she she was knocking on the England door. So um, yeah, she is a very talented goalkeeper. Yeah, I would say that definitely her performance uh, against Manchester United would definitely put her in in the frame uh, in terms of uh, for, for Phil Neville to look at. I would say the only thing that goes against her is the team's position close to the bottom of the league, but the win was definitely something that you needed because you get a little bit of a, a gap between yourselves and Liverpool. Yeah, I mean we've got um we've got Liverpool in in two games time. I mean obviously we got a big trip. I mean the trip to uh, Chelsea next coming next up. I mean yeah. we don't expect to, to get a great deal there. But um but man you know sorry we've got Liverpool um yeah the, the game after at home. So yeah. that is an absolutely massive game. Yeah. Um, what's been the best? In fact, no, let me you know change the question. What's the best elements of this Bristol City team that you, you can you can actually say 
you've seen so far this season? We talked about obviously the the, the hammering they got from Arsenal, but what has been the best element or standout characteristic from from this team? Well, the def- it, it's, it's, it sounds a bit strange, but the defence um, we have um, and our sort of fighting spirit. We've uh, we try and we've always sort of had in the last couple of years, but um, but but to be fair, the, the defense has played well. Yeah. Um, even with those hammering. Yeah, even with those. Uh, so the, you're you're saying the defense has been the best part of of Bristol's performances this season. They've been the standout feature for you. And of course, the form of um, Ebony Salmon. I mean, she has been absolutely terrific. You know, she didn't start off particularly well. Otherwise, she wasn't getting the she wasn't getting the game time to be fair, but um, but yeah, she's been um she's been outstanding the last um the last couple two or three months. Yeah, she has been. And apart from her, it, where are where are the goals coming from for from terms of Bristol City and, and their hopes for the rest of the season? Well, I think we need uh, we still need a couple of players to come in. I mean, the midfield um the midfield's really struggled. I mean, we've we've lost Carla Humphrey at the moment for another couple of months. We got injured last. She yeah. got injured last month, but of course, I think but that's that's the area where we have struggled in because um don't know if we had a player called Julie Beesman's last year and she yeah. was terrific. She was like a yeah, holding. She held the midfield together, but we we've lost that sort of cohesion in the midfield um since she's gone. And yeah. that's that's been the that's been the main trouble. It's been the main and and to, and to be fair, when you lose your goalkeeper or not your goal, when you lose your midfield player and that's been key for you it's very difficult to try and find the the rhythm that keeps your team flowing in games and and where you go next uh from a manchester united point of view and i know this is um it's been a topic of conversation and and from in terms of the reviews and the the comments from the united fans they are looking to pin the result or the defeat on one individual a defensive error but you know i had to look at that game whilst watching that game and I watched the highlights again you know it was clear to see that Manchester United had had an abundance of opportunities to score a goal in that game and and it's not as if they were rushed because um, Ebony scored within the 34th minute so there was plenty of time for there to be an equaliser and a winner but it's just that they didn't take their chances in front of goal and and you know sometimes as good as a team is Manchester United are a good team you know you can only play the team in front of you and you have to play the 90 minutes or 90 plus minutes. And sometimes despite being really good or extremely talented, you don't have any luck. You don't have any luck. And and I looked at that game and I thought this was the game that Manchester United will have to go away and think about changing personnel from the start, um, giving players that haven't had uh, many minutes in the Women's Super League um, their opportunity and, and, and trying to change the way that that, that Manchester United play, so they're not too predictable. And I believe that that Bristol City did their homework really, really well. They knew what they needed to do. They defended in, in numbers. They stopped opportunities as best they possibly could. And then they had an absolutely fantastic performance from a goalkeeper who who's entered 2020 with, you know, like a determination to say, I will not be passed. And, and um, you know, I have to kind of salute Bristol for that because when I watched the, the result against Arsenal, I couldn't believe the lack of heart in that performance. And it's almost as I thought Bristol gave Arsenal too much respect in that game. And I don't believe they did that against Manchester United. I, I believe they had a very different 
like mindset for the game that they they played at the weekend. And I mean, do you think that's um, you know, do you believe I'm accurate with that, or or am I you know too far of a leap? No, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, we um we played Birmingham. I think it was Birmingham. Um, just after that, yeah, yeah, just start of December, just after those really bad defeats uh, against uh, Arsenal and Manchester City, we had a bit of a a big defeat against them. And to yeah. be fair, that the players, you could see they they just lost the. Uh, it was you know we sort of said that maybe Tanya had lost the dressing room sort of thing, um, which is there was just no confidence uh, whatsoever. But to see that performance on. Um, on Saturday, where they absolute on Sunday, sorry, where they fought for everything, mm. it was really pleasing to see that that that's how we were playing. Um, that's how we were playing at the start of last season when we when we got um, a nil nil against Chelsea. We you know we went to Man City and drew two two, and we, we were two nil ahead in that game mm. uh, against Man City. And you know games like that, we uh, we beat um, Birmingham away and things like that. We were fighting for everything, and that was um, that was. Well, probably one of the first times that we've seen that in a very long time. I mean, we, like I said, we had um, a battle in three-three draw um, against Reading in November. It was um, where we, we we were two goals down twice, and we came we come came back. But um, but the trouble was straight after that was those two well three games against two games against Arsenal, two, uh, a game against Manchester City, which which was I think was bad timing really because we were just starting to show what we could do. If, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, um, I've got the team. I've got the team, Bristol City team there. You can see them popping up on your screen. Um, when I looked at the formation, it looked like a 4-1-4-1. And I thought from looking at the way it was set out, I thought that they were really going to try and contain the wing play that Manchester United have developed this season. Um Obviously, Ebony played really well and she got the goal. Um, and there are names that I'm not familiar with. Obviously, Bagley now I know because, you know, I, you, 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 can, can't, you cannot ignore a goalkeeper that, that saves that many shots or stops them. Um, Patterson looked really, really good on the ball. She seemed to do really, really well. But there are a few others that probably will take something from this game or, the, the, you know, the, the recent win and, and move on a step. Um, out, out of the list there, who do you believe will do that for for Bristol? Well, um, Matthew, she she's actually a defender, but she played in um she played in midfield, um did a really good job I thought on the on Sunday. But I mean, yeah, I mean Wilson is a, she's an academy product, but um obviously the main one for us is um I mean Salmon is the key. We, we Salmon know is the that. key. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I mean, OK, Salmon obviously joined this year. She's been with Manchester United previously. Um, we're in the transfer window now. If you had your pick and you needed two players for any position, who would you go for? Which, which WSL team would you go to and, and, and take a player that isn't getting any game time? And who would the players be? That's a, that's a real tough one, really. I mean, I'd have to say... Um... We really need. Uh, I'd like to have a, a midfielder mm. and a, and a defender probably now. Yeah. At this stage, um, I don't know where I I don't know where <laughs> I get them from. You don't know. Yeah. The, the, to be honest, it's there are quite happening. a few. There are quite a few that aren't that are not getting any game time, and um, and I say this because obviously the conversation 
with the Manchester United fans has been about the lack of rotation for Manchester United and from Casey, the reliance on, on, on a particular um, uh, formation and personnel. And there are a number of players in the Manchester United like reserve lineup that are not getting any game time. And we've had conversations uh, where we talked about certain players who were key last year, who, who scored double figure goals like Body Green, you know, Ella Toon getting odd minutes here or there, thinking, oh, they may go. Um, they may look to get game time elsewhere. And, you know, we were talking about teams saying, oh, well, who might they go to? Who who would need strengthening yeah. their midfield? What would they, you know, what would those teams offer those players who are who are, are not getting any game time and, and are not used to sitting on the bench? And the realisation is that in the Women's Super League, that if you have a winning team, it's very, very difficult to get into that first 11. Very difficult. And, and, and... As a, as a Manchester United fan, we're talking about the players that we could move on because they're not getting any game time. And, you know, for, from Bristol's point of view, you know that the midfield needs strengthening, you know that the, your defence needs strengthening, but you don't know who you'd go to. So I just kind of asked the question, you know, there are teams out there that, that are not using their full quality of players. Uh, and they and they need to, 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 to get game time. And I've, I've seen a number of players that have actually moved from, I think someone moved from Arsenal to Spurs, which caused some kind of, you know, chatter on Twitter about how is that possible? Can a, a player move for, to a rival? And you have to sometimes think about the player and think, well, you know, they need to play football and what's happening for them. So I, I just wondered whether or not you um, and the fellow Bristol City fans had, had been uh, stargazing, for a better word, <laughs> at other teams. Yeah, I mean, we obviously, um, you know, obviously look at other teams and uh, see. I mean, I mean, we the trouble is you, you then start going down a fantasy route, don't you? I mean, you start seeing that um, Chelsea have signed Sam Kerr and sort of obviously they can't they can't play everybody. Yeah. So um, you know, you start wondering. But I mean, yeah, but I mean, I've I've always been an admirer of, like you said, Ella Toon. She's a terrific player. I mean, she'd. Uh, I was quite surprised to see her uh, to see her on the bench on on, on Sunday. To be fair, yeah. And then um, Jane Ross, I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan of Jane Ross as well. Uh, I mean, yeah. she's a she's another good player um, that would be that would that would be a good addition. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that when the the Barmy Army are uh, uh, listening to this, they'll be thinking, "Hold on a minute, did he say did he say Jane Ross?" <laughs> um, we've got a couple of comments, and I see, and, and we're joined by Emma. Uh, Emma Meredith Sean. I believe that she's a, 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 a. I'm not sure who she supports. I'm sure I joke. I know who she supports. Uh, a comment. She says Bristol will take huge confidence from the result at the LSV against United. I honestly believe United in the final moments of the game were exceptional, but just couldn't find that final finish in the end. I have to be honest. From the United point of view, I would say that's definitely the case. It's almost like they panicked, Emma and uh, Richard. You might say the same that there was a bit of panic. In the in the final third for Manchester United, and not just from the Bristol City defenders. Yeah, I think there was. To be fair, I mean, you were getting shots. Shots were going everywhere, weren't there? I mean, there was there wasn't a great deal of composure in the, uh, especially in that second half. I mean, there was. I mean, it was a sea of. You know, I did my match report the other day, and um, it was a sea of red. But there was, and not a lot was going on target, like you like you said earlier, was there? Hmm. It, 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 to me, it looks very, and also haphazard. It was almost, it was, uh, but the emotional side of the, the game got to the players when they were desperate. They probably had a flea in their ear from 
from Casey at half-time in terms of the performance and the way the goal was conceded. Um, but there were, as I say, there, were, there was plenty of opportunity in the remainder of the first half and in the second half for, for Manchester United to kind of correct the scoreline in terms of at least a draw, if not a win. Didn't take it. They had plenty of opportunity. Uh, and Emma's gone on with a second comment. She's got Bristol executed their gameplay so well and deserve real credit for being able to keep their heads towards the end of the game despite the amount of pressure from United. Thank you, Emma, for that. Um, you know, definitely keeping their head Bristol, but also, as I said at the beginning, setting out, coming to say, basically, we're going to get a point at least. We know what we're up against. Um, and we're going to be, we're going to fight to the very end. And I, I don't believe that. I think for, for Manchester United, they've played the top three and they've played really well. And there's been this kind of uh, belief that, yes, we belong here and we're going to do well in the top four. I'm going to get into the top three, but you still need to take care of business elsewhere. And I think from Bristol's point of view, they, they turned up at the LSV and realised that this is a very good team. And, we, and what we cannot do is get beat the same way we were beat by Arsenal. And, and you know, when you have that kind of resolve, you really have to kind of, I have to, apl I had to applaud Bristol because I thought this is a result that you never, ever imagined would happen considering the way score lines have, um, have been distributed this season in, in the Women's Super League. So from Bristol's point of view, considering what happened with Arsenal and Manchester City, they are very... I would say they, they they can take this and move on. And I don't. I know the next game is a very difficult game, Richard, because I, you know. Um, but do do you hope for the same performance next Sunday? I would like to think so. I mean, we've like I said before, we've done it. We have done it against them. We've done it against Chelsea um, last season. We got a nil nil draw um, against against them at our place, um, and we were we were absolutely sensational that night. It was back. It was backs to the wall stuff and um, plenty of plenty of the characteristic what we showed on Sunday. So yeah, I'm I'd like to think that we can give it a go. We know it's going to be really difficult again, but um, yeah, I don't see why not. And of course there'll be and then there's a big game the the following week. Um, yeah, against Liverpool as well. So and 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 if you don't get anything from the Chelsea game. The, the Liverpool game is really key because they are struggling. And if you can increase the gap between uh, yourselves and, and them, it, it kind of, you, you develop a nice comfortable cushion where you, you can ease off a little bit and feel, you know, we will we'll escape the drop. If that's, you know, if you're thinking about that already so, so early in, in, in 2020. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's, that's I think that's a good um, assumption. And, um... I mean, plus in the first game at, um, at Liverpool, Ebony scored an absolutely brilliant goal and we won't one nil up and probably should have won that game. But like I said, the confidence was low and um, we ended up getting a draw there. Mm. And so, if we, yeah, if we can win that game, then the following week is the FA Cup, the FA Cup weekend. So we could just enjoy that. Yeah. And that would... Um, that would that would probably help us in that game as well. So yeah, it's, it is a really big two or three weeks for the club coming up now. Yeah, and who, on the back of that that result against Charles on Sunday. And who do Bristol have? Remind me again in the FA Cup. Uh, we've got Durham at home, who um, who beat us two 0 last season <laughs> in the in the, the, the fifth round. 
yeah, so I, it's uh, a bit of a um, it's a bit of a revenge. It's a bit of a revenge job, you think? No, well, I'll, I'll tell you. There. Yeah, I can tell you this. I I went to see I you know one Sunday when I I couldn't get up to Manchester. Um, toward just in, in December, I thought, you know, I'll look around and see what games I can go to. Um, Crystal Palace at home, not far from where I live. They were playing Durham. So I popped down there and Durham literally won the game in the first 45 minutes. They are a very, very strong and physical team. They play good football, um, but they're two centre-backs, um, very tough tackling. And... From what I saw of Crystal Palace, they crumbled within the first 20 minutes. Any team that plays Durham needs to have two players up front because if they have one striker, the two centre-backs will dominate them with ease because the one striker just isn't enough. Uh, and that's what I saw of Crystal Palace. So I wish you all the best with that one, with Durham. I know they're a, a division below, but they are a powerful outfit. Yeah, we had we had an issue. We obviously had a few issues with that, with the physicality side of them. The things in that game. I mean, we are Lucy, a player we had at the time, Lucy Graham. She um, she was kicked in the head. Yeah. And that, and she was off. She was out then for a few weeks after that. So mm. um, yeah, we did have we had we had issues uh, in that game against uh, against the physicality. But like you say you've got to override it and find a way of um of getting through that, haven't you? Yeah, you have to. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're just a physical team. They're a good footballing team, Durham. They do. They do put the ball around and move it very quickly and they're very direct on their left-hand side. Uh, um, Remembering that the number 10 is quite direct when she gets the ball and she likes to come inside and shoot um, and good at crossing the ball as well. Uh, but uh, they weren't shy in putting the foot in. That's all I could say. And some of the tackles that I witnessed, I was wincing and I was in the stands. So, um, yes, uh, just, <laughs> I just, just for me, I'm thinking that would be a very good game to watch. But I've been told that I need to travel up to Manchester because uh, there's a certain derby taking place, which seems all, all too frequent for me right now. Manchester derby again, you know, the, the FA Cup and it's uh, the wonders and magic of that. Um, with, with, I'm going to go back to when you said about Jane Ross. Would you take Jane Ross? Would, you, would Bristol put in a cheeky bid for Jane Ross? I've always been. A, I don't know if Tanya will because we've just signed. Um, we've just signed Elise Hughes from uh, from Everton, who's a striker till the mm. end of the season. But um, and I think we're after midfielders now. But um, I got to say, I've always rated Jane Ross. And well, at West Ham, where was she mm. before? Um, she was at somewhere somewhere before yeah. that as well. Yeah, I can't recall. But Man so West Ham, Man City, yes, yes, yes. West, West, yeah, she was at Man City and West Ham. I've always been a supporter of her. Um, she's always she's always impressed me when she's played against us. Um, so yeah, I'd uh, I'd 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 have her. She's actually, to be fair, she's actually in my fantasy uh, WSL fantasy team. To be fair, um, I probably need to address that. I was going to say, yeah, not, not not scoring enough goals is the issue. That's what I'd say, and I'm not being cruel. I just I just we, you know the conversations from a Manchester United point of view. There is the Obvious talk of the Champions League um, because the news was filtered through about what the the the, the, uh, the formation will be next season and the top the top three will get in. Uh, Manchester United for me have done really well this season. Um, they have a very good game plan in terms of the first eleven. It's the it's the it's the next level up and 
what I've realised, and I know we're talking about Bristol and Manchester United, when I went to watch Spurs and Man City, was how good Ellen White was in the flesh, how good her movement was as a striker. And she's so intelligent, and you can see why she's picked for the Lionesses, because she works hard, but also her movement in between the two centre-backs, they're just never able to settle. And what I've, I've seen so far of the Women's Super League, if you don't have a prolific striker, and Bristol do, in a sense, with Ebony, she's very talented, but if you don't have a, a, a goal-scoring striker in your team, you will struggle in this league. Um, and there's a bit of me that thinks if the relegation, um, in terms of the numbers, were more than just one team, if it were two or three teams, then... Bristol, Liverpool and anyone else that's round about eight or nine points would be very, very anxious at this point in time. And that's why I asked you about if you had two players you would like to get, who would they be and what positions? Because I see goal scoring is probably the most important thing in, in any of the women's Super League teams. But yeah, but what we've noticed is that um, trouble is because with, with the issues with the midfield, I mean, it opens, if you're struggling to score goals, you mm. then come to the late... Your, your defence is completely open then. That's, I think that's, that's been my criticism of the team. Yeah. So you're, if you're not scoring goals, the midfield is midfield not firing, firing you. Your defence is basically a sitting duck then. Mm. Yeah. And, and well, uh, it's, it is a sitting duck, but that's why, um, from a Manchester United point of view, the, the, the defeat has been, um, it has sent shockwaves. Obviously, you, you, I've seen the banter on Twitter, which is quite funny. A little bit, as, a, as they say, it's been salty, was one of the things that I saw. Someone complained. I cannot even remember the tweet that I saw, but it did make me laugh um, about the complaints about shots on target or something like that. I'll have to remember what, which one it was, but it was, it was very, very accurate in terms of the game. For me, I, I, I hope Bristol stay up. I hope they move up the table because, you know, um, Bristol need to be in the WSL. Um, I say that because I have family in, in, in Bristol and I've always wondered in terms of the men's football why that part of the world doesn't have a Premier League team. You know, because it's such a big catchment area and the pool of talent down there must be immense that it's, it, I'm amazed that they don't have a Premier League team. So from the Women's Super League point of view, it's important that Bristol do not get relegated. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think I think also it was a bit sad with um with obviously Yeovil, mm. you know the way what happened to Yeovil because I mean we don't actually have because we are the only West Country team that's that's in it at the moment and yeah it's quite disappointing in a way that there's no there's no derby anymore. Yeah, I mean they we quite we quite we quite look forward to um we quite look forward to playing then. Yeah. And 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 in in terms of any other teams that are local to Bristol, what would be the next best thing in terms of a rivalry? It, it's it's quite difficult when we are. I suppose Reading. Um, we've we do have a bit of a history with Reading that they they always beat us. So uh, so last, but but we obviously got that draw in um, early on in the season. But yeah, I, I don't I think there's there's nothing actually. There's nothing actually near it. I mean, Birmingham, maybe yeah. Birmingham, Birmingham City, maybe. Yeah, but that, that's about it in terms of the the actual WSL rivalry or just location. Uh, just location, really. I mean, there's not. Um, we don't really have a massive rivalry with anybody. 
yeah so to speak so um and, and can i ask you so yeah. you know for, for in terms of manchester united arriving in the, the women's super league how have you seen um apart from the team's kind of performance but the acceptance of the fans the manchester united fans you know because i know that there has been talk about they don't need to be rivals um change of the atmosphere in terms of the singing and chanting and you know it's very much the, the arrival of the Manchester United fan base has is, is, is created a little bit of a stir for some I just wanted to know what it was from your point of view as a as a as a fan who's been in the WSL before and what's been different if there has anything been different I mean it's good to see because um you know we're, we're a passionate fan base ourselves I mean we I mean you basically they do you guys do um, similar to what we do, really. You know, we, we get behind the team. We're very vocal. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with it, to be fair. I mean, I think it's, it's that's what the game needs. The game needs passion. And, you know, if it gets, uh, hopefully it'll get you a few more fans uh, wanting to join in, uh, joining your songs and, and whatnot. Mm. So, um, no, I think, it's a, I, think it's, I think it's a positive thing, really, the Barmy yeah. Army. Yeah, great. That's good. I'm just, I, you know, I thought I'd ask because sometimes you have a conversation with some fans and there's a, an issue about what's been said and the fans singing and, you know, just you, you can get mixed messages. So obviously you've been to LSB. I just wanted to know what it was from your point of view, how you found it and, you know, you're saying it's all good. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, we had a, it was basically, it was a terrific day. I mean, I know we were happy with the win, but um, yeah. but no, I, I got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole day, to be fair. Yeah, that's good. That's brilliant stuff. Um, go on. And it's good, I think it's good that you've got a team, because I mean, for years and years, you had, um, you know, you, when they, what, they were 15, they, uh, there was nowhere for them to go for the Man United girls. So um, mm. it's good that you've actually got, um, it's, it's, it's good that you've actually got a proper team now and the mm. girls can come through and play, come through the ranks and play WSL. Yeah. Do uh, you, you know, honestly, I mean, I've been a Manchester United supporter from the age of eight. Uh, I'm 50, you know, so I've been a long time. And to know that they don't have, or they didn't have a women's team up, you know, in terms of beyond 15, I could not get my head around. And despite the fact that they have American owners who know the American system where women's sport is, is prominent and, and soccer for women is the like the number one sport, that the owners didn't actually take that on board in terms of a business model. So I'm, you know, as a fan, I'm grateful that I'm able to go and watch Manchester United women and, and, and pay a keen interest in, in their development and their progress. But, you know, there's a bit of me that's like, it's taken far too long for, for this to happen. And, uh, um, it, you know, instead of Manchester United being um, trailblazers in football, they're kind of late to the party in this. And uh, the, the, the fans, I suppose, are trying to make up for the absence of a team that they should have been following for, for quite some time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the progress and uh, I'm sure... Um, that Manchester United are going to challenge, but I wouldn't say they're going to challenge for the title too soon. I, I believe that the, the top three have it locked right now at the moment and, and the players that they're bringing in. Um, well, I have an issue about it in a sense, but I see it as a need that the, 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 the league for the league to grow, there needs to be a rivalry. And I don't mean about the fans, I believe in terms of the players on the pitch. 
there needs to be an atmosphere for them to say that this is the great league to be in. And it's not just about the fans. And the arrival of Sam Kerr, and you have uh, Miedemar at Arsenal. Uh, I, I, I have a funny feeling that the other WSL clubs will think, well, we need to go down that route and get a striker who is, you know, on the verge of or is world-class, you know? So that's, that's and, and, it, and, and it, there's a detriment side to it, but also a positive side to it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you've got to, um, I think all the teams, the, the men's teams of all the clubs have got to get behind their women's teams. I mean, we, we have that issue at Bristol. I mean, there's no, you know, we've had, we've, we, we're bottom of the league. If the men's team were bottom of the league, yeah, there would be, there would have just been an exodus of signings. There would have been a plethora of signings, as I've said before. Um, they say they're interested. They say they're behind the women's team, but they've got to back it up with, with you know, with, with hard cash, really. Which mm. for us, they're not doing at the moment. Mm. And what would that, in terms of the hard cash, what would that look like from your point of view? What would that, how would that kind of materialise? And sim- I'd like to see a signing. I'd like to see a couple of signings that are are not just gambles. I mean, we've had a lot of gambles. Um, like you've got this girl from uh, Everton. You know, is mm. she? Yeah, she is obviously a good player, mm. but she's not. You know, I'd like to see somebody. That, that could that, that is a WSL that's is a quality player. That's mm. the sort of player that we want. We want we want you know real talking not 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 saying world class players, but we want players that are um that are able to do a job and sort of keep us up sort of thing. Mm. Uh, do you know I I I totally understand what you get um you're getting at, and you know this is why I think that the transfer window in its sense right now for the women is key. I asked you about the two players and, you know, who would you go for? Um, Manchester United fans are always talking about Panel Harder. I'll just leave that there for a moment because I'm sure that'll be a chuckle in terms of the the, the, the availability of a player of that quality. Um, but it, it the flip side for that, for me, like fans will always say they want world class. You, you've said you want, you know, you know, someone who's WSL quality. But the minute, we, as as fans, as we fans do, we kind of say we want this world class player. It automatically shuts the door on someone who's based here in terms of homegrown talent, and that's the one thing I'm very cautious about in terms of the, the women's game growing. That it, it isn't just about looking elsewhere and bringing the best from Europe, but you have to develop your own league so that the the role models that we keep saying the lionesses are that they are then saying to the girls that are here, you can be as good as us, you can take our place when we move on. This is what we're meant to do. And I, I, there's, there's a bit of me that's kind of caught as a fan, like, oh, I really want the best world-class players, but I have to might be mindful that the WSL is not where it needs to be right now in terms of fan base, in terms of financial support, in terms of... Um, fan appeal from the men's game for for we to, to start going down that cherry picking from the best in Europe because there's it, there's a negative to that as well. Yeah, I think you've got to get a happy medium, haven't you? I mean Chelsea have um I mean Chelsea have got what yeah sometimes they play seven or eight over two players. <coughs> yeah. I mean that's I think they've they've gone a bit too far. Mm. But um I think you yeah I think the key is to get have a sort of mixture. Yeah. I mean, perhaps I think Man City have got a, a good, got a, got a good level there. Yeah, I mean, Man City do have a good level, and there are a lot of players there that are come, that are English in terms of their players. But it's about who's who's going to be the next level 
that are going to step up and take over the, the the Steph Houghtons, the Jill Scotts, you know, the Ellen Whites. You know, there are there is a sprinkling of young English talent throughout the WSL. I'm just hope I'm hoping that this kind of fan appetite for world-class players doesn't necessarily block the door, block the path of, of, of British talent here so that there isn't the next step of development in terms of those players. I know I've kind of gone on a little rant, but it's just, I'm kind of mindful in terms of my own, what, for a better word, you know, the, 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 the kind of my desires to be greedy as a fan, as opposed to be balanced as a fan. Yeah, we don't want it to turn into uh, another men's sort of Premier no, League, don't. do we? Where it's, no, we don't. You know, where you, you don't want to, which is the way it's, um, which sadly at the moment is the way it's going in some respects. I mean, you've got your, um, with, with especially you've got your Arsenal, Chelsea and Man City that are just monopolising it, basically. Mm. That's, which, that, that's, my, that's my concern, to be fair. Mm. And um, yeah, we don't yeah. want it to go down that road. No, we don't. We don't indeed. Um, but before we kind of wrap things up, you know, there's one thing that I had in mind, and um, uh, it's about the WSLs, the the number in terms of the league, the the teams. Do you believe that there should be, in terms of the teams that are promoted, there should there be more than one or more than two? Should you believe it should be three teams that promoted and make and actually increase the size of the WSL? I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. I suppose you could have another two, but you wouldn't want. But but then again, they've got these. They've got these rules, haven't they? That say they have to have. Uh, you don't want to make teams bankrupt by mm. making them. You know, make like like what's happened to Yeovil. We don't want another Yeovil. So you have to mm. be very careful who comes up and can they. You know, can they sustain the um, the budget and the facilities, etc. That's my concern. Mm. Do you, do you but, know? Um, yeah, go on. Sorry, but yeah, I mean the um, but but yeah, I mean you could have another couple. I mean Durham, I think Durham would be a good a good fit in some ways for the. Uh, yeah. for the it looks like Aston Villa or um, Aston Villa look good. So um, yeah. but then but yeah, I mean but at the it is very it's very competitive at the moment. So yeah, I mean you I because I, my my moan is the um, about the Continental Cup. Thank I mean, you. it's we're really not a big. I'm not a great fan of the whole group stage thing. I mean, I to be fair, I I didn't go. Even though I'm a season ticket holder at Bristol, I didn't go to the County Cup games. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm associated with another women's football team, so I yeah. I went and watched them. I mean, I doesn't it doesn't really interest me to be fair. Yeah. It it to me, I don't like the the. It's very staged. The group stages as it's very kind of manufactured i don't like it and then that's why i asked the question about increasing the wsl league size so that there are more fixtures so they don't have to worry about the conti cup because i think the conti cup in itself is it doesn't really add value to the the, the football um and played at peculiar times that fans cannot get to i mean fans having trouble getting to some of the sunday games anyway but you know midweek evening not always always the best and the the financial aspect of the women's game, when you say that not enough finances are coming from Bristol City's men's team, same with Manchester United, I'm sure it's the same for other teams. They never have this question when we talk about the academy teams for the boys or the under-21s or the under-23s. It's just this conversation with the women. Um, and if uh, 
the FA Cup prize money that the women have been offered was a little bit more generous, then we wouldn't necessarily have to have the conversation about can teams financially be secure um, in, a, in the league um, if the, the cup revenue or the cup prize money was a, a, a slightly more generous than it is right now, considering what we've seen in the men's game with the FA Cup and the unnecessary replays in the third round, you know, where they're going to get gate receipts, which they could generously pass on to their sister club or the female club. So, you know, it's for me, there are those... That's why I asked the question. No, I totally agree. I mean, you know, it's it's terrible, isn't it? The what, what is, I mean, it's I was hearing it was like sort of twenty times less yeah. than what the men men's are, men get, which is really bad to be fair. Considering it's it's one, of, it, it makes the FA a hell of a lot of money. So they could, you know, they could sort of share it around a bit with the women. Yeah, well, it, it's the same competition. Yeah, basically, it is. Basically, it is. Um, Richard, we've almost run to time, but what I want to say is thank you for joining the, the, the podcast. Uh, it's been great actually reviewing a game with a rival fan, but I couldn't even say rival fan because, uh, you know, you are the victor. <laughs> <laughs> you... Yeah, it's, it's, I've really enjoyed it, um, Rodney. So, yeah, thanks for having me. No, it's been brilliant having you on and, and having a conversation with you about the game. Hopefully we can do it again in the season. That's okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I look forward and, to it. And are you before you go on? Are you going to the game uh, against Chelsea? I am. Yes. Yeah. I'm going with a. I'm going with a, one of our um, one of our supporters. So uh, yeah, he's driving down. So um, yeah. and is it yeah, just is it just you two, or is it is it going to be a group just, of you? Uh, just us two. But um, but as was the case at Manchester, someone else. Uh, we we saw someone else there that another fan there. So. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, they'll just be us too, but um, you never know. We might never get, know. get a couple of stragglers. You know, well, I'll tell you what, because I am not going to go to Manchester's game this weekend. I'm, I'm toying with the idea of going to a game in London. Again, because I'm London-based. And uh, I went to watch Spurs last weekend. So I only think it's duty-bound that I make my way over to King's Meadow. So I might just see you. I will look forward to it. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be great. All right, then I'd like to say thanks to Richard for joining the podcast. Uh, one more time, uh, this has been a Women's Super League review talking about Manchester United and Bristol and a lot more, actually. We've talked about the Women's Super League generally. Um, uh, please leave your likes, comments uh, and subscribe. And I'll see you guys very soon. Bye for now.